Well, some it is good to be here to walk through the Psalms with you. So let's jump into the word of God. I believe God has something powerful to say as we look in on Psalms 27 on this morning. Uh, the text says in Psalms 1 through 6, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, and this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to acquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion and the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock and now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies around about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, will I sing praises unto the Lord. I want to jump down to verse 13 and 14 so we can wrap this together. He says, David says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, to wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I just want to take a few minutes to talk about uh, this thought, seeing good when everything looks bad. So today, as we embark on this study of Psalm 27, I think first verse five truly resonates as we see and as we hear about all of what's going on in America and around the globe even now. I believe y'all that we're being confronted with major troubles as we deal with the pandemic of COVID-19 and the pandemic of systemic racism. At the end of this, I want to at least see ourselves being better and us doing better. In spite of what we currently see, I need y'all to grab hold of something, that what you see is an important question to ask because if you can't see yourself coming out of what you're currently living, if you can't see yourself living better and doing better, then the likelihood of your situation shifting is nil. And through that lies and lens of faith, through the eyes and the lens of faith, that I begin to see life better. When I see myself doing better because I look through the lens of faith, even when things might be at their worst, the eyes and the lens of faith are what allow me to see beyond the facts. It's a fact that we got problems. It's a fact that we got issues, but the eyes and the lens of faith say I could see it being better. So for John Park, I'm going to put in some work real quick for you. The text says in verse five, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, and he shall set me up upon a rock. Now grab this with me, that the word time in the text means a period or a space continually. The word trouble means difficulty. It means having problems. It deals with having disorder. It deals with distress. It deals with adversity. So I don't need you to miss this part. You got to get it with me. The text says, for in the time of trouble, that continual period or space where there's difficulties, that period of space where there's problems and there's disorder, there's distress and there's adversity. 
University. Let me see if I can work it so you can understand it a little bit better. It seems if I, if I cannot catch a break, I'm in a place where it seems that as I come out of one thing, another thing hits my life. But here's the good news on today. David says this, I serve a God that will perform and do amazing things in the space called trouble because David knows he's a very present help in the time of trouble. Now, the tenor of verse five shifts and reveals to us what God will do uh, for us in the time of trouble moments. The first thing the text reveals is that he shall hide me in his pavilion. He shall hide me in his pavilion. The word hide means having the inability to discover, to hide as one would hide a treasure, which means even though you think it's bad now, it's not what it could be because God is keeping the enemy from discovering you. And God has hid you because of your value. That Watch this. That means you're treasured by God. I need you to get that. He's hiding me because I'm valuable. He's hiding me because there's purpose to my life. He's keeping me covered as a treasure. He shall hide me in his pavilion. Pavilion means the thicket. We know that Jehovah Jireh has a way of providing rams for us in the bush or in the thickets of our lives. This word pavilion also means covert, which means not to openly acknowledge or to display. And you see, many times we get mad with God because it seems like God is not putting us on display and not realizing that what he's really doing is protecting us. He said, it's not time for you to come out in the open yet. I'm covering you and keeping you. So don't forget, David is going through all of this because he has an anointing on his life, because he has the position. Get this. When God puts you on display, you need to be prepared for attacks. You need to be ready for problems. So David says, I understand that there will be seasons where God won't acknowledge me or put me on display because I'm not ready to handle the onslaught of the enemy. The text then goes on to say he's going to hide me in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. Man, catch that right there. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. It says of his shall he. It's his, meaning it's his. And since it's his, he makes it his responsibility. It's his, so he makes it his responsibility. What does he do? In the secret place. Secret meaning a place of covering. Secret means a shelter. Secret deals uh, with, with, with to, to, to cover over. Then tabernacle re represents a tent or a wilderness life, which means God can use our bad places as places of protection. So sometimes instead of cursing the bad that's in our life, we need to take time to say, thank you for covering me even in a bad place. It's in the place where it seems I can't find my way that God protects me because the text says, shall he hide me? This word hide means to conceal. This word hide means to keep secret. This word hide means to prevent from being known or noticed, meaning if God is 
is concealing me, that makes me a concealed weapon, which also means you don't know what I'm packing because I've been concealed. And because you didn't notice me, notice me, David says he then shall set me up on a rock. Man, that's a shout right there. And so while you sitting around the TV, uh, TV, while you watching your computer screen, you ought to just give God some praise right there. Set me up means to cause to grow up. So the stuff that you have been going through is causing you to grow up. The word set me up also means to erect. It means to build, meaning I would not be what I am today without the experiential knowledge gained in the midst of the pain. You learn more about God out of the context of your experience than you reading a book about uh, God. Uh, out of the context, Abraham called him Jehovah Jireh. Out of the context of his experience, he, he didn't know him as that until he got up to the mountain, get ready to sacrifice his son. And now he's got, he, he calls him Jehovah Jireh because he provided a ram in the bushes out of the context of the experience. But here's the good news. The word set me up means to abolish, which means to bring to an end a system or a practice. And the way things are going on in America, I believe I need God to abolish some things. The way people are starting to respond, I feel like things are getting ready to be abolished. I feel that God is bringing to some systems to an end. He's bringing systemic and institutional racism and issues to an end. They're being abolished. He's causing it to break down. People, it's not just about black folk now. It's not just about white folk now. It's about the group coming together, making a difference. Watch this. He sets me up on a rock, which means he sets me up on his self. Because the word rock means God. The word rock means strength, which means I can see good and I can see my way out of it because God is my strength. God is my source. God has set me up on himself. I often tell people this. I say, uh, when you hit rock bottom, one thing you'll learn that Jesus is the rock at the bottom. When you hit your lowest points, just know he's right there with you. Uh, the psalmist would also tell you that he's a very present help in the time of trouble. Here's the shift in the text that's going to allow us to move from our verse five to our verse six in Psalm 27. Let me say it this way. It allows us to move from the time of trouble moments to our now season. Verse five starts out talking about for in the time of trouble, but in verse six, it starts out by saying, now shall my head be lifted up above my enemy. I mean, I've been down, I've been low, I've been rough, it's been uh, uh, hard sometimes, but now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies. The word head means or deals with position or placement. It deals with having or being the best, which means I can be in what many would call a bad place and still expect the best of and from God. I can expect the best from God no matter where I am, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what it looks like. My expectations are that I'm going to receive God's best. Let me roll it back so you can see it. David at this particular time has been on the run. David has been going through. David's own son was after him. David's own son was trying to overthrow the kingdom. But it's in this text that he says, now have my head been lifted up 
above my enemies. He says, they're trying to kill me. The text would even go on to say, even the wicked, even my foes shall come against me and try to eat up on my flesh, but they'll stumble and fall. He said, in spite of what it looks like, in spite of what's going on, my trust, my confidence is in God. So I want you to grab that. I know that God is using every situation, get this, to help me grow and become what he has called me to be. He lifts my head up above my enemies, up above my adversary. Do you not know that your adversary, the devil, is going about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, trying to, uh, he, my opponent and my foes, he's lifted me up above them all. And the text says they are round about, meaning they're on every side. So no matter where I look, there's something coming against me. There's something trying to stop me. There's something trying to keep me from walking in the destiny that I have for my life. They're coming from every direction because I know that God is with me. I know God is where with me. And because I know God is with me, the text says I will offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing. Yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Here's what I got you to get. Here's something I discovered about life. I discovered that praise changes my perspective. I'm going to say it again. I have discovered that praise changes my perspective because real praise takes my focus off of my problems and put my focus and attention back onto the problem solver. Get this. It says, will I offer Meaning to sacrifice, meaning I make it a choice, meaning I may not feel like it. Things seem to be overwhelming. I don't feel like giving God praise, but I'm going to give him the sacrifice of praise. And where there's sacrifice, something has to die. And I choose to be like the singer Wes Morgan and say, I choose to worship. I choose to worship. Where I'm going to worship at? In his tabernacle. The word tabernacle means the place of wilderness. And he said, I'm going to give sacrifices of joy in the place of wilderness, which we would say is a bad place. And the word sacrifice here means thanks offering. It's a sacrifice of covenant. It's a sacrifice, which means, God, I come into agreement with your will for my life. Meaning, I may not like how it feels, but Lord, I come into agreement with your will for my life. Now watch this, y'all. You got to get it. It's a sacrifice of joy, which means to sound the alarm. It means it's a battle or a war cry. It means to shout. And so if we was uh, look over in Psalm 47 and 1, it says, oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. But it concludes with this, I will sing praises unto the Lord. The word praise in the text is from the Hebrew word zamar, which means to be skillful in music or singing. It means to be what? Skillful in music or singing. Praise then is a weapon and you must learn how to be skillful in the use of your weapon. Because if you know how to use your praise, it will cause walls to come down. If we learned how to praise, if the church could come together and learn how to praise, it could cause walls to come down. It will cause breakthroughs to begin to happen. If you know how to use your praise, it will cause your enemy to turn on itself. And I praise and shout the way I do 
because I can sense miracles in the air. I can sense deliverance in the air. I can sense breakthroughs beginning to happen. I can see good when everything looks bad. So I shout, I make a joyful noise because I know that when I praise, God comes and sits on the altar of my heart and I can see what I never thought I would be able to see. And that's, and it's this that causes David to say in verse 13, I would have fainted if I did not believe I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. David said, if you go back and grab it from verse one and begin to move on, he says, you know what? The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? He's the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Meaning, God, I'm holding on to the fact that even in a dark place, you can give me light. I'm holding on to the fact that even when my enemies are coming against me to eat up my flesh, that you're going to cause them to trip up on themselves. I'm holding on to the fact that I could dwell in the house of the Lord forever and to inquire of him in his temple. I'm holding on to the fact that I'm going to see your goodness. Word good in the text means benefit where you're adding value to my life. So I might be in a bad place, God, but there's something you're doing that's going to cause me to see something I could not ever see before. Look, with all that's going on right now, I don't know about y'all. I need God. I need to see good in the midst of all this bad that's going on. Look, I need to be able to see that things are going to be better. I need to, be able to see that life is going to be able to be better. I need to be able to see things are going to be turning around. I need to be able to see and understand that there's value to my life. I need to be able to see it and I hold on to that by faith. So Summit, get ready. God is getting ready to allow you to see the goodness in the midst of bad. He's allowing Summit and those who are connected to have favor even in times of famine. God is going to bless you in the middle of pandemic moments. God is going to allow you to have prosperity and problematic situations. Why? Because you can now can see good even when everything looks bad. You can see good even when it looks like it's not going to ever turn around. But when you change your perspective, it will change your life. It will change how you your approach life. It will change how you do life. It will change how you get along with people. Now you're not snap, crackle, and pop anymore. You're ready to say, God, I'm willing to go through the process to become who you want me to be. So thank you, appreciate you, and love you. Remember, see good when everything appears to be bad. Be blessed. Let us close with prayer today. Father God, we thank you and God, we love you. We thank you, God, for who you are, all that you do. We thank you for your hand being our life. God, we thank you for uh, uh, churches coming together, God, to do what the world doesn't even think is possible, that churches will come together, work together, and and, uh, grow together. Remember that out of one blood, you created us all. And God, it's not about what we call black church or white church. It's about the church. And so, God, we're praying today, God, that you would draw us together. God, where two or three are gathered together on one accord, you said you would be in the midst thereof. And so, God, as we're praying, God, we just speak out Second Chronicles 7 and 14, where you said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, 
and heal the land. So God, even as we're coming, as we're talking about uh, seeing good when everything looks bad, God, I'm praying this morning that we would turn back to you because we realize, God, that you are the only answer, that your kingdom is what you've called us to, kingdom agendas, kingdom focus. And so, God, help us draw all that in together so that we could be who you want us to be here in the earth realm, so that we could be an example to the world what could really happen if the church would literally come together. Your kingdom would, be, would come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As it is in your kingdom, that's the way we want it here. So God, we thank you. God, we love you. God, we adore you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for these moments with these, your people. We love you and we appreciate you. In Jesus' name, amen.